Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B-L-U-S-K-Y-S, life.com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. Today I have a guest who I'm really excited about, Ashley Singh, who is a brand messaging strategist, and she has her own consultancy. And we'll talk more with Ashley about how she got to the point of making her own consultancy. But it's actually a fun story because I met Ashley through a friend of mine, Hayden, who has his own company and connected the two of us because he thought there was good alignment. And when I learned more about Ashley, I said, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's it's just perfect that we've been able to get our schedules to align and for us to finally be able to do this interview. But Ashley has a great background. I'll let her talk a little bit more about it, but I'll say a few things to start off with. Um, I love the story of how you got into marketing and communications because it actually was a mixture of things that you did. So you studied at in St. Louis at Washington University, anthropology, linguistics, and French. And you also just had a variety of experiences. So you've worked with nonprofits um, and internationally, and then two years ago, decided to take that entrepreneurial journey, as many people I think uh, have have experienced uh, during the pandemic, which I actually think is pretty awesome. You did it a little bit pre-pandemic, but then you started your consultancy. So congratulations for that and for offering something that I think is widely, <laughs> widely needed. Uh, so what I would say, because I, I do know that there are a lot of different entrepreneurs that tune in and people are maybe at different stages of their branding journey and their marketing platforms. Uh, I think it's something that constantly is being evaluated, whether you're a brand new entrepreneur or whether you're seasoned, there is always this priority of marketing that can make or break your business and um, how successful you are and how quickly you can expand. So I guess what I would love to do, Ashley, is just hear maybe to start with a little bit about your journey um, to choosing to start your own business in this space. Yeah. Well, first, thanks so much for having me. And second, uh, the journey was 
unexpected. Um, pretty much every sort of life milestone <laughs> I've had was not planned, but was sort of part of a general trajectory that um, I just sort of said yes to the right place at the right time and the opportunities that came my way. Uh, so, yeah, I, as you mentioned, I, I have this background in very liberal arts, right? And I ended up in Senegal, in West Africa. Um, I had met my now husband when I was studying abroad. He was certainly not the plan. And um, I was desperate for any job that would get me back to Senegal right after graduating college. So I was cold outreaching anyone on LinkedIn who was connected to Senegal or connected to my alma mater. And everyone kept saying, have you heard of Toastan? Have you heard of Toastan? And um, it's a human rights education NGO that was actually founded by a woman um, in Illinois who like she grew up, I don't know, an hour and a half away from where I mostly grew up. And she moved to Senegal 40 years ago and never looked back <laughs> and started this NGO and I ended up being her assistant. Um, and from there, I learned so much about donor relations and logistics and C-suite decisions. I was sitting in the room taking all the notes, right? And uh, I found my way to the communications department at that organization. And that's where I learned about internal communications, about brand building, about social media. Um, I learned how to use Twitter because that was part of the job, especially for the international development sector. There's like a whole Twitter world. Yeah. Um, so I, I learned a lot while I was there. I was there for four years. And while I was there, I started freelancing on the side. And um, at first it was just sort of like blog posts or social media editing uh, for random posts that some company was creating. And um, I, one of the main reasons I started freelancing was because my husband and I were going through the green card process and uh, they don't, they don't give you like a nice neat timeline. Um, it took us 18 months, could have been a lot faster, could have been a lot mm -hmm. slower. So I wanted this, thing to be going on the side because I knew we were going to have to up and move very quickly. Um, and we did. So um, in 2017, we came back to sort of my hometown. We moved around a little bit growing up, but um, Bloomington, Illinois, dead center, middle America is where we accidentally ended up, um, mostly because my parents were here. And I discovered there was this whole world of small business and nonprofit in this town that I grew up in that I had no idea about. Um, so I ended up working with a local Habitat for Humanity, doing communications work, doing strategic planning on that front, community outreach. So a lot of the same things I was doing. And I kept freelancing on the side because, um, first of all, nonprofits do not pay well. So it was nice to have extra income. Second, I loved working with a bunch of different businesses. Um, I loved getting a peek behind the curtain and seeing how different um, organizations work. And I, I just loved sort of piecing together all those bits. So at the beginning of 2019, I just decided, you know what, I am all in. I'm going to launch a business full time. 
uh, found out very quickly it is very different to run a business than it is to freelance on the side. Um, but I discovered that I really like that challenge. I like that every single day is something new to learn, something new to overcome. I think that's really the essence of an entrepreneurial spirit is like that creative problem solving. Uh, so I've been, I've had many iterations of my business since uh, in, in terms of who I'm working with and what I offer, but um, I've been in it full time for almost three, three years. Yeah. Now. And it's been, I don't, I, I can, I can imagine looking back. Ah, that's amazing. You, you took that leap of faith and you didn't look back. You just plunged straight forward. And one of the things that I know you've yeah. spent time learning about through the journey that got you here is conscious consumerism. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that is and how it's influenced the way that you look at marketing and business? Yeah, so before I even knew there was this entire sector called social entrepreneurship or business for good, um, I learned about it through the consumer side. So this idea of being a conscious consumer. So way back when I was living in Senegal, it was probably around 2014, 2015, I went down this rabbit hole that I didn't know existed. Um, things like ethical fashion. I didn't know that most mainstream brands were using labor that is not ethical <laughs> um, or is using ingredients or um, sourcing that doesn't align with my values, right? And so then there was also, I was learning about this sort of green beauty movement and this non-toxic living. I had no idea that if you pick up a bottle of something at the drugstore and read the ingredients, most of it is harmful for you. And it's on our shoulders as consumers to be doing that research because brands aren't held accountable, at least not right now, hopefully someday in the future. I can definitely see how things have shifted over even the past five, six, seven years. Um, and so the more I was learning about zero waste and alternative brands that actually stand for something that I could get behind, mm -hmm. uh, the more I just was infatuated by this idea. And I loved this idea of voting with our dollars. That's so, so important. And it's such an easy shift because we all have to spend money, right? Mm -hmm. Like we all, money itself is not good or bad. It's, it's what we do with our money and who we give it to essentially that makes all the difference. And so when I started my business, I realized, whoa, I could have so much more impact by building up these brands that are doing amazing work sort of logistically and through marketing, through communications than I could as a consumer, because as a consumer, I'm a drop in the bucket. But if I'm able to build up these businesses from the inside mm -hmm. out, wow, like that is impact. Um, so now I, I sort of call it vicarious impact. That's what I'm after. I'm having impact 
by supporting people who are having massive impact. Yeah. And that's super exciting. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge part of a journey for a company is how they actually provide that impact. And that's where you come in. Um, and I'm glad, you know, you mentioned this different research that you've done. I think maybe, albeit unintentional, we're exposed to that Netflix as an example, there's all these documentaries right now that you can see more about health and you could see more about what's put into products and you can make more conscientious choices about the kinds of brands that you affiliate with or you purchase things from um, because you are becoming more informed about these things. And as consumers, we have these choices. And then for you, as someone who is helping these businesses, you're also making choices about who you work with. And I know one of the, the things you are committed to is working with purpose-driven founders of businesses. Um, could you talk more about what is it to you that is it means to be purpose-driven. Yeah. So for me, purpose-driven means at the, at the, at the bare minimum, you are wanting to create something in this world that is more than simply for profit. You are so dedicated to the customers you're serving or ideally to this, amazing mission that your sales are funding right and so um i've worked with coaches and service providers solopreneurs who they don't have a massive social impact mission behind their brand but they're so dedicated to doing the absolute best work for their clients and the the money that they're bringing in through their business is sustaining their families is sustaining their local economy is building up their, their customers' businesses, like that all is still extremely purposeful, mm -hmm. right? So um, that that's just very important to me that the founders I work with, the visionaries, these people who have all these ideas of what they want to put out into the world, that it's connecting to something bigger than themselves. For me, that's the essence mm -hmm. of purpose. And then all the better if there's this really amazing social impact mission behind Yeah. And I, well, and then I think to that end, that's where branding is big, you know, and, and we think about the, what a company is hoping to accomplish, particularly if they're, they're providing a service or they're offering a product um, that it goes beyond just that tangible, that, that tangible thing. So, um, let's talk about branding. <laughs> How important is it as you've, as you've encountered <laughs> clients, um, that they start with a very clear message for their brand, um, and have a communication strategy for how they're reaching their audience or their target. Yeah. So, I really believe in this idea of standing for something, standing for your values in order to stand out. Because if you look at the sea of competition, whether you're a service provider or a product creator, there is almost always competition. And if there's not yet, 
it's coming soon, right? Like the, the innovation itself of whatever it is that you're selling uh, is limited. Mm -hmm. So what sets you apart is your brand, is what people think of, what people associate when they interact with you, when they talk about you to other people, when they buy from you. Um, and so many businesses, rightfully so, invest a lot of money into visual branding, mm -hmm. right? I need the best logo. I need the colors to match. I need to choose my fonts. I need to have something that is cohesive when people land on my website and my social media pages and everywhere and my packaging, if I have it everywhere mm -hmm. else. Right. But what so many business owners forget about is their brand message because they go hand in hand, the visuals and the message go together because even if you have the most beautiful website ever or the most most aesthetic Instagram feed, what you're saying isn't resonating with the people you're trying mm -hmm. to reach, then you absolutely won't be making sales or you'll be making sales because they thought it was pretty and then they'll be dissatisfied or they'll realize, oh, this was not in alignment. So everything from your social bios to the way you introduce yourself as a founder to your email signatures to massive copy like a sales page should absolutely be aligned and consistent mm -hmm. all the way across the board and so for me it's all about aligned visibility mm -hmm. and that that alignment is in relation to two things in my opinion your brand values and your audience and really what your brand stands for and what your audience cares about. It's that intersection that you're showing yeah. for. It's the things that are going to resonate with you as the founder, the visionary, the idea generator, your team, if you have one. And then of course the people that you're trying to reach, because if not, there's going to be disconnect and you're not going to have the growth or the impact that you're after. Yeah. I imagine it's overwhelming for, for a founder, an entrepreneur to think about marketing and branding because there are so many mediums and particularly like you mentioned, social, social media, which is good in many ways, but can be daunting in many ways. What do you find is commonly the kind of challenges that people come to you with where they're asking you to step in and help them solve a problem? What do you tend to see? Yeah, so a lot of times um, for, especially for these really visionary founders, they have so many ideas, they don't even know where to start. They don't even know which one that they should be chasing after because they have this amazing idea and then a week into it, they have this even better idea and they just switch gears all the time. And so they have this, this path of half finished projects behind them in their wake and they haven't actually made any progress toward anything. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Sometimes they are super multi-passionate, right? Which is normal. Like we're humans. We care about more than one thing. Um, and so they, they think, oh man, I, I know I need to be more consistent. I know I need to show up better. And I know my brand needs to stand for something. Cause right now we're just kind of floating out there. 
but I don't want to box ourselves in. I don't, I don't want to niche down too far or really take a stand for anything. And so the, the framework I use really is rooted in the values that you want to represent, the values that you absolutely want to be known for and live out mm-hmm. in every single decision you make and that audience you want to serve. Because if you don't understand who you're serving, then really your business isn't serving its mm-hmm. purpose. Because the purpose of any business is to make someone's life better, easier in some way, no matter what it is that you're selling. So if you can nail down those values and that audience, then that's your box, but it won't feel constraining. It would actually unleash a lot of creativity because then you can let your mind loose around all the different ways that you can live out those values and serve that audience. And then also that's your, that's your North star. That's your roadmap. That is your easy, easy yes. When an opportunity or amazing idea comes your way and a super simple no, if it's not in alignment. And so for me, brand messaging is of course about the way you show up and represent your brand, but also it is the gut check for any single marketing or operational decision, who you're going to hire, what you're going to price at, what you're going to offer next, um, how you want your company culture to be. All of these things are rooted in your brand values and your audience. That is so brilliant, Ashley. (laughs) It's just brilliant because one of the first words that came to my mind as you were talking that I think is sometimes challenging for entrepreneurs is clarity. Because it's easy, like you said, when you're multi-passionate to want to serve many things. But then there could that could cause confusion because then it's like, well, what is it that you're really trying to do? What are you tr- really trying to accomplish? And I think some of the most successful brands are those that have a message that is really simple and really clear. And, but that has to do a lot, like you said, with alignment of what you stand for. And, um, that makes decision-making so much easier because if you know, putting things in the yes and no boxes are much easier, um, than teetering somewhere in the middle as far as alignment. And so I, I, I love that because I think whether a company, you know, is five people or 500 people, that is something that needs to hold true is those values and principles and, and what that means for the kind of organization you're building. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about the services that you provide? So you, you kind of introduced us to some of it, obviously messaging and alignment is a big part of that, but what are, what are the different kinds of programs, um, that you offer for people who are needing your services? Yeah. So before I was doing lots of done for you work. So lots of copy, lots of content, sort of the words on the page that business owners need 
as they create things, um, even social media management, all the sort of in the trenches stuff. Um, and I found that I was doing all of these projects, but they weren't rooted in anything. Uh, they weren't rooted in any values or propelled by any purpose because there was no strategic direction. So they weren't as effective as they could have been. So as I took on more strategy projects, I realized, okay, this is where I love to operate. I love to work with that founder, work with that leadership team and determine where do you want to go? So that clarity that you were talking about is not only internally for the founder, for the team, but also externally, that makes it so much clearer to your audience, um, whether this is for them or not. Um, so now I do sort of my flagship um, offering is a brand messaging VIP day. So I call it the, the messages matter intensive. It's a one day, get in there, figure out what you stand for, determine your brand statement, those core values, that audience, those core messages, really figure out how are you going to show up in your brand and walk through use cases so that it is immediately applicable and isn't just living on your hard drive for the rest of eternity, mm -hmm. not doing yes. anything and not moving your business which has happened, um, but I, that's why I really like the intensive um, is because it attracts people who are action takers. It attracts people who like want to put this into action. Um, and then beyond that, I have um, really, I call them quick win consulting calls. It is one hour. Uh, we sit and chat through anything that's on your mind. So if it is, um, a super specific issue, like how do I optimize my LinkedIn profile because I'm not representing what I'm doing? Or if it is super overarching, like I don't even know where to start in my marketing. Can we chat for an hour and figure this out? I, I literally showed someone how on camera, how to do an Instagram story because she had never even done it. And that led to like a whole conversation about repurposing content and how if you write this amazing blog post, this should be showing up in you know 10 different ways. Um, so those are the, the quick win consulting calls. And then my third bucket is uh, a brand new program actually. It's a 90 day program. Um, it's called Make Your Mark in 90 Days. And it is all about showing up consistently and having that aligned visibility. So it, combines the brand messaging strategy uh, via an intensive and uh, supporting consulting calls. And then in month two is all about content marketing. So putting that brand mes messaging into action um, with supporting calls. And then the third month is weekly calls of, all right, what is going on with implementation? How have you been doing in actually applying this and um, where can you go next? Now that you have this basis, like where, how are you going to grow from here? Um, and sort of brainstorming and troubleshooting and I call it empathetic accountability because I, I'm not going to be 
your mom telling you to make your bed and, and do your homework assignment, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm there to hold you accountable to what you wanted right. to do. But from a place of, I actually want this for you too, because if you do this, you're going to have so much more impact. Um, so those are the three main ways that I've been working with people lately. And I love it. <laughs> That's so powerful. It's really powerful. And I, I love how you have offerings that meet people where they are because everybody has different needs in terms of marketing. It's such a vast array of of needs that somebody can have from, like you said, extremely targeted to like, please help me with absolutely everything. I don't even know. (laughs) Um, And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I've talked about this before in previous episodes of something that I think is really important which is habits and, and habits are formed over time. And, you know, I think the latest research says something like it takes 66 days. It used to be, Oh, you know, tw- three weeks. And now it's like, no, it's actually longer than that. You know, you have to really be at something. And so for your, your most in- intensive program with 90 days that allows somebody to see the uh, like you said, the reinforcement, that's the word I was thinking of. The reinforcement of, okay, we said we were going to do something. We're doing it. How are we doing with doing it? You know, and you actually kind of get to to reflect and, <laughs> and see and make tweaks, right? And because that's, I, I think that's an important part of the process is how um, sometimes messy it can be, you know, that just acknowledging that nothing is perfect. And, and usually it's yeah. in that, accelerated window where where we can course correct and go, okay, that was a little off. We need to, you know, tackle that and get on a certain track. So I, I think that's amazing that you, that you have, that you have that accountability because I think that is where most people need the support It's not because they don't have good ideas. And it's not because they don't have the skills to execute them. It's the consistency (laughs) of showing up and being able to measure, you know, those results. Um, So that's, that's really big. Um, How do you, I guess that's another kind of point in speaking of results is what, um, are the kind of measures that people are looking for? Uh, you know, like what does success look like if you do have uh, the right brand? Is it, you know, all the analytics that comes from social media? Is it, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a variety of things that people look look at, obviously like sales and volume and things like that. But are there some kind of key indicators that you usually recommend for people to, to see like, am I doing this thing right in the first 90 days? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, a lot of it is, how the founder feels and, and or their team. Uh, so if they were feeling like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be posting, or I don't even know how to introduce myself at a zoom meeting. And I, I change it every single time because my business is evolving so fast or like, I just haven't found something that sticks or it's that feeling of just not knowing what to Mm -hmm. say 
uh, and how to show up. So if we can alleviate that, if they can feel like they are moving forward with yeah. direction, that is for me, the ultimate win. Um, but in terms of actual measurable things, um, yeah, I mean, they can certainly look at, all right, we have implemented this new messaging. Are we getting more engagement? Are we getting less questions? Are people ghosting us less on our sales calls? Mm-hmm. Are like, we can do sort of, how is the audience reacting to mm-hmm. this? Um, and if it feels aligned for the founder and the team, and it seems to be resonating with the audience in whatever way is most important for them to measure mm-hmm. it, then that is a win. That is really like, this is foundational work. And then you can then go on and AB test this core message versus that core message. Um, maybe which segment of your audience resonates with which value, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really go on and dig into the analytics that way. But in terms of was this worth it or not, do you feel like you know how to show up now and you're able to be more consistent and it feels more aligned? If yes, yay, we, we, we did a good job. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And how, you know, how important, because as a consumer of so many things, one of, the, one of the strategies I see, especially big companies, you know, like maybe let's say your Marriott or your airline or something like that, oftentimes, or American Express or, you know, it could be anything, is they'll do a survey, you know, of like, how did, how did you feel, you know, with this process or with this experience and things of that nature? Um, and I'm, I think it goes somewhere and somebody does something <laughs> with it. Cause I, I do try to fill out those things and if it, mm-hmm. if it helps, but is there, is there like a sweet spot with that? I mean, that you've seen where, where there is a, I mean, you can't do everything, right? Like you can't implement absolutely everything that people are saying, but is there, is there sort of a, I don't know, a cadence or a frequency of checking in with your audience, your consumers to, to get that feedback so you can see if you're meeting the mark and if there's anything that you should be adjusting? Yeah, so I think it, it does depend on the type and size of business. Um, if you are a, a coach who does one-on-one services, Absolutely check in with every single <laughs> coach E you serve. <laughs> yes. Absolutely ask them a question. I don't know, maybe uh, a pre-questionnaire after three sessions and after three months or something, you know, like whatever um, fits into your program or cadence with them, but absolutely check in with them. And not only will they probably appreciate it, but you'll be getting so much real-time insight to then be able to improve for other people or um, and or just like cross-compare, right? So maybe one uh, client said one thing, but three others said something completely opposite. Maybe that one person was the outlier. And so you go with the, the feedback from the three others who said the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it, at that scale, um, direct feedback is amazing. Um, at any scale, you can ask really quick one-off questions 
in your Instagram stories, in a LinkedIn poll, um, in uh, like on the checkout page, you can have one question about like whatever it is that you're thinking of tweaking. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, was this clear or like, you can ask sort of really quick yes, no, or rate this experience sort of questions Mm -hmm. um, at a very, very regular frequency because it takes someone almost no time and almost no reflection to answer that. And they feel like they're contributing to something. Yeah. I love that. Um, And sometimes um, you could also ask things that they don't even realize are market research. So um, a super simple true false thing in, in, um, on social media or in some capacity, maybe even via your newsletter, uh, you know, like true or false. And then whatever it is that you're trying to figure out if that's their problem or if that's what they need next, or if they would even be interested in this next offer, you frame it as sort of, Oh, how do you feel today? Uh, and then in return, you're getting this insight of, Oh yes, this offer that I thought was going to be amazing for them. All of them said, yes, true. I'm struggling with this. So they didn't have to answer would you buy this offer? Yes or no? Honestly, I don't know how effective that question would be, but are you struggling with overwhelm and time management? Yes or no? That tells you right there, the meat and potatoes of your next offer. Yeah. So um, yeah, that audience feedback is really important. And then I mean, you can do larger scale surveys occasionally, yeah. you know, via email or via link and bio or whatever. And then, you're really digging in, but honestly, most people don't take the time to reply to that. Mm-hmm. Um, unless again, unless it's very intimate um, one-on-one interaction that you have with that client. And then of course they would be. Willing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's great because it, you're right. It's really about how something is messaged, the effectiveness, effectiveness of it to get you the feedback that you really need. And if you're thinking about it more from what they need, like the lens of the consumer, then it's it's easier to position that and, and get some really meaningful, you know, feedback. Because people, I feel today, our attention spans have been reduced to that of a gnat, <laughs> you know, where, where you only have about 40 seconds, even if that probably less than that to do abs to do anything quickly, you know, answering an email or doing whatever. So it does have to be pretty concise for any of those, like you said, pointed things that you want to ask. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to ask you about because it's unique to your experience is just the impact of working abroad. So part of your specific journey had been that, how has that influenced the way that you run your own business and just, you know, think about doing business with, with people? Yeah, that was extremely formative, Um, not only because of the age I was um, at the time, but also because there are some real challenges that come with working in an international setting. Um, So we obviously had Senegalese staff. We had other um, staff from other places in Africa. And then we had Americans and Europeans. And so there was also this mix of languages. Um, French was sort of the middle ground for most of us, 
Um, and most of the large scale communications were done in French. Um, but even that leaves margin for error based on our own backgrounds and understandings and accents and all the things. Um, but for example, if a bunch of Westerners were st standing in a circle talking English um, or a bunch of Senegalese were standing in a circle talking Wolof and we weren't making an effort to include the other, um, that very quickly created dynamics, right? You know, not necessarily good or bad, but just sort of in-group, out-group sort of things. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one consideration. And then also, overall, what it taught me is perspective. It, I am able to bring a different perspective to understanding my clients, understanding my clients' audiences, even if I am nothing like my client or their audience, I have this understanding of putting myself in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. um, my training in anthropology also gave me that. It, it's basically the principle of cultural relativism, where you remove yourself from the situation and you think, all right, what factors impact this person or this group of people and beyond yourself, right? And so you're able to remove yourself and really put yourself in, them in their shoes. And um, so that has been a really powerful tool and just like background thing that happens in my mind automatically that um, still serves me to this day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't trade those years for anything. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's amazing. And I think perspective is so critical because more and more, as people grow their businesses, the chances of international audiences is greater. And having that in mind, those sensitivities, the patience to learn and understand the impact beyond the sphere that you're comfortable and used to is, is so valuable. Wow, that's incredible insight. So I have a couple of questions for you that will allow my audience to get to know you better because I like people to come to my show and embrace who it is that they are, um, whether they're an entrepreneur, whether they work for a company, but just is also maintaining your identity. And I just think that's such an important part of the human experience. So my first question for you is what three words best describe you? Oh boy. Um, let's see. I think um, conscientious is definitely one of them. Uh, sometimes leans into people pleasing, but also leans into all the good things that come with being a conscientious person. <laughs> um, also, uh, I think passionate. I get pretty riled up about a lot of things. Um, but again, I think that that also is a driving force, uh, in, in my life. And then, um, I'm dedicated. I'm pretty committed to the things that I set my mind to, uh, whether it's personal or just the values that I want to stand for, that dedication has gotten me pretty far in life. I think those are really good skills to have especially in the space that you're in. 
So it serves, <laughs> it serves your clients well for you to be conscientious and dedicated and passionate. So that's really cool. Okay. What is something that you are working on improving? Oh, too many things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think, let's see. For now, I, I think the biggest thing I'm working on is actually sales. Um, it, it has been this big, scary beast for me. Um, and I have a lot of resistance toward it and pricing and all the things. Um, and so I'm trying to really embrace it and really sort of see the flip side of, okay, I'm selling something, but it's, it's to help people. And then once I have that money, I can do good things with that money that I receive. Um, so reframing and just improving sales is one big thing that I'm working on in my business. Yeah, that is you and majority of the people that are probably listening, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always something that, that can, can uh, pose a challenge, you know, so that's, I think people can certainly relate to that for sure. Um, what is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Yeah, I tend to play small. Uh, I've also come to realize that recently. I um, I don't see myself as a visionary. I'm, I really love that visionary energy, but I don't see myself as a visionary. Uh, and yet I have done a lot of things that are pretty far outside the box. Um, so I, I'm learning to allow myself to dream bigger, to really open my mind to things that I, I didn't think were possible. Um, so limiting belief is just thinking small. Yeah. Yeah. I totally can relate to that. I totally understand that. Okay. What is one thing you want to see changed in the world? Ooh, also so many things here. <laughs> it's hard to pick um, one thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I think it would go back to conscious consumerism, where I would really love for the responsibility to do good, to be on these massive companies with all this money, mm -hmm. um, rather than on the consumers who have such limited time, such limited money, and are strapped to make decisions that feel good for them. Um, so I would love more, essentially, corporate responsibility from every single business that exists on this entire earth. I think that would go so, so far. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, I think it would the world would be a better place, right? If we were operating on values and the kind of impact um, that really can change the world and, and do good things. So that's, I love that. Uh, what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Um, I'm not sure this still applies, maybe a little bit, um, but especially when I had a job and not, you know, wasn't running a business. My dad always said, dress for the job, 
you want, not the job you have. And I, I feel like that translates beyond just the clothes you wear, but really the way you act, you know, like step in to any situation, the way that you, that you're like your best self would step into it. Um, step up to all the responsibilities and all the possibilities. Um, and I think that that takes us so far when we really like step into that mindset of, I'm more than just what other people want, the, the box other people want to place me mm -hmm. in. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's beautiful. That's the whole essence of, of why I started this show. You know, this has really been the journey of being who you are and being unapologetic for that. You know, I mean, I, I, of course, mm -hmm. you know, if you're, if you do work for a company or something like that, there's, there's alignment, right. That you need to have and, 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 in in many ways. But I also think that part of what makes a place really special is what you specifically bring to the table, you know, and as much as you can, um, uh, accentuate that show up like that and feel that authentic self, I just think that we will live a, a better life, a more fulfilling life when we're, we're truly in that, in that lane, in that zone of our, of our purpose and our, our true, you know, character. So that's, that's really amazing. Ashley, now that people are pontificating what they could be doing better at in their marketing strategies and, and, and their branding, or, or maybe even where they're doing great, but want to just take things to the next level. How might somebody reach you uh, and follow you? Yeah. So you can visit ashleysang.com, Ashley with two E's, sang like sang a song. Um, and I have some resources and um, contact form and all the things. And then in terms of social media, I'm definitely most active on um, Instagram at Ashley Sang Consulting and LinkedIn just under Ashley Sang. Um, and I love to hear entrepreneurs stories. Um, even if we don't end up working together, I love to spread the word. I just, I love to hear how people got to where they are mm -hmm. um, and what their vision is for where they're going. So definitely reach out. Um, I would love to connect. Yeah. Well, I am so grateful for your time today. I, I learned a lot. Uh, it's it's certainly a space that I'm always feeling a little bit overwhelmed by personally. Of oh gosh, you know, like you said, is this aligned? Is this right? Is you know all these questions. So I I feel blessed to have learned from you, and and also just excited for the audience because I'm confident that uh, they learned a thing or two as well. So thank you so much for your time and coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks to you. And thanks for all the stories that you're allowing people to share. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll stay in touch because I feel like, uh, I'm either going to be referring people to you or having some questions myself. So <laughs> it won't, it <laughs> won't be, so it won't be the last time we have a conversation, but thank you for, for everything. And I'll look forward to following the great work that you're doing. Thanks, Ashley. Ashley Sang. You can find her at 
ashleysang.com, A-S-H-L-E-E-S-A-N-G. Wonderful services, absolutely necessary in this world today of vast communication and marketing. And it is, you know, think about where we've come to today being the world of Amazon and everything else where it is so quick that we get things at our fingertips and how much the online presence of business is more dominant more than ever. People are going as consumers to find information right at our fingertips from our smartphones, right on our computers. So having a clear message is paramount. So if there's one thing that I would encourage you to reflect on from this episode, as I am as well, is alignment. How aligned is your values with your message to the impact that you want to have on your audience? And uh, it's a great time to do a gut check on that. Maybe you're doing fantastic. Maybe you can use some refinement. Maybe you can infuse some new new techniques or tactics that will expand your repertoire in the world of reaching your audience because there's so many modalities as we discussed that you can do that today and having purpose boy did i love that part of the message is having purpose that is bigger than just a product itself or a service itself what kind of legacy do you want to leave What kind of impact do you want to have on the world? What does your story tell? How does it make people feel? Right? Maya Angelou said that. I love one of her quotes. People remember not everything you say, but how you make them feel. How does your brand, how does your message make other people feel? I think this is pertinent Even if you're not somebody who owns your own company or are a solo or entrepreneur, because we have a brand as an individual, as we walk ourselves into the world, as the individual that you are, whether it is in the profession, in in your career at work, or as a person, we carry that about ourselves. How do we want to be remembered? What is the, how, what would you want somebody to be saying about you when it's your time to go? What would your obituary say? You know, those are the types of things I think are such important questions to ask because that is what essentially people remember. And it is the legacy that even when we think of brands, when a founder is no longer here, that carries on, right? When we think about Disney, when we think about these big companies, their names carry on because of the brand and the message that they give to the world. So I hope you got something out of today's episode. Ashley gave such incredible knowledge. I'm very grateful for her and I'm grateful for you for tuning in and hearing the amazing story of her journey and what she has to offer the world. And I'm looking forward to the amazing interviews that I have in store for you. I just want to say I, I am want to take a moment to, to thank 
uh, the universe a little bit for all of the the amazing outreach that has happened uh, for the show. I have about 25 interviews booked between now and the end of the year. So there's there's just such uh, remarkable stories that people have about perseverance and this and what they are doing in the world that is meant to be shared. And I'm so blessed to have this platform to be able to share it with you. So get excited about the episodes that are here to come. Tune in again next week. And remember, you are your only limit. So take action today. Make it a point to take action where you need to because that is where we see the change, the growth, and the results. See you again next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Board Unbreakable podcast. And hey, if you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet, please do so. I would appreciate it. It means a lot to me. You can go out to Apple Podcasts or Audible to do that. Thanks, everyone.